Support for OPB comes from our members and from our sponsors, like Tracy Ray from the employment law firm of Baron Lehman. Tracy says that OPB sponsorship is a great way to support the community and connect with Baron Liebman's clients. This is Think Out Loud on OPB. I'm Dave Miller. Sudden oak death is a tree disease caused by a fungus-like pathogen. It can lead to bleeding cankers, leaf blight, and rapid die-off in a number of tree and plant species. The disease was first detected in Northern California in the mid-1990s. It was found in Curry County in Southern Oregon in 2001 and has been slowly spreading ever since. Newly infected trees were recently discovered in Humbug Mountain State Park near Port Orford, leading to renewed treatment efforts by state agencies. Gabriela Ridakova is a forest pathologist with the Oregon Department of Forestry. She joins us now with more details about this disease and efforts to contain it. Welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you for having me on your show. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Can you give us a better understanding of what sudden oak death is? Well, uh, sudden oak death is an invasive disease that is caused by a fungal-like pathogen called Phytophthora remorum, and it kills highly susceptible trees in the oak family, most notably tan oaks, but also California and black oaks and, and canyon live oaks by causing cankers on the main stem that girdle the trunks of the trees. It can also cause leaf blights or shoot dieback on a number of other hosts, including native rhododendrons, evergreen huckleberry, Douglas fir, grand fir, and myrtle. In Oregon, these other hosts are only infected when they grow in close proximity to infected tan oaks. But that does sound even more serious when you when you include all those other species, some of which are very common in Oregon. I mean, Douglas fir, for example. Um, we're talking about uh, a disease that could have widespread effects. Yes, that is correct. Um, however, in Oregon, this particular disease is driven by tan oaks. So... I want to get into the the mode of spread, how it spreads. And um, first of all, this disease has to have species that it can infect. And in Oregon, it is tan oak. And second, this organism thrives in wet and cool conditions, which is what we have along the coast in southwestern Oregon. And it can survive in infested plant material or infested soil or water, such as rain or fog drip. Now, the pathogen... Um, spreads during rainy periods, but also with fog, when spores produced on infected tan oak leaves and twigs are released into the air, and they're either washed down onto tree trunks and nearby vegetation on the forest floor, or they can be carried by wind and rain across the landscape. And there is another culprit. People can also spread spores by moving infected plants, such as nursery stock, or infected plant parts, such as firewood, or infected soil. How much has this disease spread in Oregon since it was first detected a little over two decades ago? Well, um, in uh, 2001, when the effort to combat the pathogen began, the original goal was to eradicate it from Curry County, where it was found originally. Um, and since 2001, the, sod, uh, the sudden oak death has spread north as far as Port Orford and expanded eight miles to the east. 
Now, despite of major efforts to eradicate the disease, this effort has been uh, a joint project of Oregon Department of Forestry, U.S. Forest Service, Oregon Department of Agriculture, Oregon State University, Bureau of Land Management, and the Oregon SOT Task Force. It was eventually recognized that eradication wasn't realistic. And in 2010, the effort switched to slowing the spread. A kind now, of acknowledgement our- that... Um- it was it was impossible to stop it, and so it was a, a the definition of victory really changed. It did. Um, it was a victory of some kind because we were able to slow the spread, and we were able so far in one county in Curry County, and it has not spread beyond. Uh, the borders of Curry County. The most recent infestation that you mentioned in Humbug County is only south of Port Orford, where it was found in 2021. How much do we know about what caused that new infestation? Uh, well, we are still in the beginning of beginning stages of understanding what happened there. But we do believe that because, as I mentioned, the way this disease spreads... It spreads by wind and rain, um, that it came from the Port Orford infestation from somewhere a few years ago or so. But we're still trying to understand what exactly happened. How do you quarantine an area when a pathogen it can be airborne? Well, I suppose the answer um, is you do your best. And we monitor the spread of the disease in numerous ways. Um, it is the first component of our slow the spread program I mentioned oh, that I'm going to mention, surveying and detecting the disease. Most of the original discoveries of sudden oak death were uh, by aerial surveys with ground verification. And the program now relies on multiple survey methods to detect new infestations. Um, and that include aerial surveys, ground-based transacts, stream monitoring, and utilizing ortho imagery to detect declining oaks. Now, aerial surveys cover at least 700,000 acres of forest and are conducted from fixed-wing aircraft and helicopter. These take place four times per year, with the main survey occurring in July, when current year 10 oak mortality is most visible. And then we also monitor the spread of spores in high-risk streams um, using stream baiting, where we put uninfected host leaves in mesh bags into streams, and then later test them to see if they've been infected by spores flowing within the water. If I, I just, if I could just go back. So, so in terms of the aerial surveys, if you're up in a helicopter or an airplane and you're looking down, you can actually see evidence of this disease from hundreds of feet away? That is correct. And um, we just conducted the helicopter and fixed wing survey, aerial survey. Um, and to identify the problem from the air, what we do is we look for discolored gray individual trees that indicate recent mortality. And um, I should mention that tan oak trees are evergreen hardwoods. So the grayish tint or discoloration suggests that a tree is dying or dead. And they actually look like they're um, they look like there are um, cauliflower heads from the air. Hmm. This what? year, we found approximately sixty suspect trees in the Humbug area, just south of Port Orford, 
as well as um, a few in the existing quarantine areas. But before um, I go any further, I need to say that these trees need to be ground checked, sampled, and then lab checked for the presence of Phytophthora ramorum because there are other agents that can cause similar symptoms. And therefore it is essential not to make any assumptions that any of these suspect trees we see from the air are infected with the sod pathogen. But what happens if those tests come back positive? What options do you have? Well, so when a new infestation is detected, the site is treated. Uh, We go to the site and we treat the site by cutting piling and burning all 10 oak within a specified buffer. And um, a 300 foot radius treatment buffer from infected tree is the standard treatment. But recently in these new sites, we have been using 600 foot buffer. Uh, because it has been most effective. And on most of the treatment sites, we use herbicide, inject herbicide before cut, um, cutting to prevent stem sprouting. So you mentioned earlier that in 2010, Oregon's program to eradicate sudden oak death in forests, it moved to the more realistic goal of slowing down the spread. What is the realistic outlook now? I mean, if you look 10 or 20 years in the future, what's your best understanding of how far this disease will have spread? Well, I think this program has been very successful. Um, We know that tan oak is the driver of the infection in Oregon. And tan oak is limited to the southwest corner of the state. And I don't expect um, that the efforts we're making on the South Coast will need to be applied a lot further north. Uh, But we do want to keep this from venturing north into Coos County, where it can affect forest product exports from the port of Coos Bay. However, as I mentioned, the host range includes more than 130 species, which also includes large. Um, Large is readily killed by the pathogen in the United Kingdom. And we don't know what this can do to our native large trees. And thus, we need to continue to monitor the disease progression and the existing sod program. Is sudden oak death or sod, is it affecting nurseries or nursery owners? Um, Yes, it is. But I do have to admit that I haven't spoken with nursery owners. And this is something that Um, is really best asked of uh, Oregon Department of Agriculture. But certainly this is an issue. For example, in 2004, some infected but symptomless roadies were found at two large nurseries in California and one in Oregon. These nurseries had recently shipped millions of potentially infected plants to 1,200 nurseries throughout 39 states. Uh, But in general, quarantine and inspection measures restrict markets and add to cost. Um, So the stock has to be destroyed in infected nurseries, and they are forced to close while investigative and cleanup actions are undertaken. What should someone do? I mean, maybe the question is, I mean... is there something that lay people should do as opposed to forest managers or nursery owners if they think that they see an infected tree? Well, um, definitely they should not dig it up. <laughs> they should report it to ODA, Oregon Department of Agriculture, call ODA, 
Oregon um, State University Extension in whatever county they're in. And we all talk to each other. If it's a forestry, they can call us. Um, Oregon Department of Forestry, Sudden Oak Death Program in Brookings, or call me, and we will come out and take a look at the problem. Gabriela Ritakova, thanks very much. Thank you for having me. Gabriela Ritakova is a forest pathologist with the Oregon Department of Forestry. She joined us to talk about sudden oak death, a tree disease that continues to spread, if slowly, in southern Oregon. Tomorrow on the show, the warming ocean is shifting the range and size of fish populations. Now researchers at Oregon State University are exploring what this could mean for international conflicts as competition ramps up over access to fisheries. If you don't want to miss any of our shows, you can listen on the NPR One app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you like to get your podcasts. Our nightly rebroadcast is at 8 p.m. Thanks very much for tuning in to Think Out Loud on OPB and KLCC. I'm Dave Miller. Have a great day. Think Out Loud is supported by Steve and Jan Oliva, the Rose E. Tucker Charitable Trust, and Michael, Kristen, Andrew, and Anna Kern.